Link, is what Zelda said when we left off because she forgot her boyfriend's name, her eternal re reincarnating boyfriend that they can be together with through the ages. It's a pretty straightforward name. Eternal reincarnation. Yeah, it's not, not not hard to remember, I don't think. No, no, nor nor the concept of the eternal reincarnating boyfriend. Uh-huh. Though I don't think that Zelda actually reincarnates. That's not a thing for her, nor is it a thing for the hero, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> what the fuck? I got in an argument with someone else about this the other day, and both of you are being ridiculous. Okay. I'm Crystal, by the way. Hi, I'm Monica. Hello, I'm Cameron. This is the Book of Midor. We're talking about, this is part two of our episode on the third Tears of the Kingdom trailer. What do you mean they don't reincarnate? Everyone reincarnates in Zelda. What, what do you, why, why is that? Malin and Talon reincarnate. No, they just have very. Tingle reincarnates. No. Reincarnation is not special, it's just it's routine. No. No. I, no? Nope, they're all different people. Now you're really, no, they're not. They're the same people and they're also different people. And the word for that is reincarnation. Okay, but you aren't reborn as a carbon copy of yourself in reincarnation. You're talking about a system in which it's just as likely you are that, in Zelda. that, say, Ruto could be reborn as Zelda in the future. Because the thing that unites sure. Zelda across timelines isn't her soul, it's her blood. What's the difference between the soul and the blood? You tell me, Crystal. What's the difference between the soul and the blood? Is every facet of our souls written into the stuff of our blood? That's right. Yes. Souls aren't real. Yes. I see. Or if they are, they are material and written into the matter that all life is made of. I see. But insofar as that goes... And you know, our blood is just made of the stuff we eat, and that's just made of stuff that it eats. So we're all connected, if you think about it. What's it in this context? You said it eats, but I don't the, know what it is. The stuff that we eat also eats things. I see. What about plants? The plants eat the soil. What about water? Water is not a living thing. I see. But it does go through every living thing. You know, it's all recycled. What about Morpha, the living water? Oh, now Morpha, the living water. That's 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 truly a being that does not reincarnate. That's the <laughs> same guy for 10 billion years. I hate both of you. <laughs> and I don't know how to express my feelings in a way that will let me stay calm sounding. Oh, okay, okay. What... what? I understand it's a sort of a different system than our world's typical concepts of reincarnation. What would you call Malin and Talon being reborn as themselves in different ages? Well, I mean, how many different periods does this take place in? Uh, it's uh, three, right? I think. Minish Cap, Oracles, and Ocarina. Okay. I guess also Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening is a dream. Marin. Okay, what about the other three? Yeah, okay. Malin and Talon... There, uh, okay. Minish Cap takes place on an alternate timeline, according to the way that we have it set up. So they are actually the same <laughs> okay. people in different timelines. Okay. I can't remember where the Oracle games go. The Oracle games are uh, a different link after Link to the Past. Okay, so they're also on the shit. Is that the demise timeline? What does our timeline look yeah, like? Yeah, that's a point? that's the same timeline. Yeah. Okay, that's the same timeline. Well, I mean, I'm probably going to, uh, I have an ancestor who undoubtedly looked a lot like me, and if he had a crooked nose, his name could have been Cameron, too. Yeah, I think the trope of having an ancestor or a descendant that is played by the same voice actor and is drawn exactly like you is basically the same thing as reincarnation. I don't think that that's true. I think that that's a very silly assertion to make. Talon also well, reincarnated into the Mario movie. Talon didn't. <laughs> yeah. 
into the Mario movie remake. Yeah, what about the the stained glass portrait of Talon's ancestor on on the Hyrule Castle? Go on. You know, well, apparently he got his valuable land somehow, and apparently his ancestor performed some kind of valuable service to the to the king. Yeah, that was commemorated in a stained glass photo of Super Mario. Bring in the stained glass photo. <laughs> yeah, stained glass photograph, as is the style in Hyrule. <laughs> They have photographs in Hyrule. That's one of the charming things about it. Okay. Are we allowing ourselves to be, like, serious about the dialogue in Skyward Sword and reading it more or less literally? Or do we, like, hold that as anathema? I mean, go on. Demise makes a distinction between blood and soul. I understand this, yes. So they're not the same thing, at least insofar as this ageless demon that spawned all malice is concerned. The guy who can eat souls... He uh, views it's the soul of the hero and the blood of the goddess that carries his curse. Yes, I understand that. They are not the same thing. Blood and soul. And I hate that I keep saying the souls and blood are not the same thing. Well, the word that demise uses is spirit. And I would say there is such a concept as spirit. Okay. So you're saying that like the person who fulfills the role of the hero. Right. But if that's the case, then Link doesn't have to reincarnate either. What's the difference between reincarnation and uh, inheriting the will of someone? Well, you can inherit the will of someone who's still alive. Because when Gan- when the hero of winds inherits the will or the spirit or what have you of the hero of time, Ganondorf says, you truly are the hero of time reborn. Yeah, that is what he says. Though Ganon's full of shit in that game. Spirit can reincarnate. <laughs> I've also been of the opinion for a long time that Link doesn't reincarnate, and we've had this argument God knows how many times over the past six years. Okay, well, how about this? Would you say that Breath of the Wild Zelda is an incarnation of Hylia? No. No? I mean, if you would want to say that she is carrying an incarnation of the goddess's power because the goddess exists on the physical plane just as a bloodline sure but is she housing the consciousness and experiences of hylia no i think she can tap into it but the the goddess is incarnated as a bloodline sure okay does that mean each member of that bloodline matrilineally who can awaken to hylia's power could be considered an incarnation of hylia well, if that's the case, then that would be three incarnations of Hylia extant at the same time because... Yeah. Okay. So we where are you... We can all tap into it. Where are you taking this? Why not? If an incarnation is just a manifestation of something non-material in the material, why not have multiple at once? Okay, sure. You can say that they all have the spirit of Hylia, so to speak, but that's not the same thing as having a shared soul. Because a soul in Zelda I, is a distinct... I'm using the word soul. Everyone else is bringing in the word soul. I mean, Demise did. Spirit. Okay, sure. Spirit. But reincarnation I, assumes a continuous soul. Ah, you're assuming that. I'm not assuming that. Okay, where in Zelda has the word reincarnation ever been used? Um, I know Ganondorf used reborn. Reborn is not the same not thing. Sure. Yeah, I'm not sure where reincarnation has been used. That could, I know that could just mean he has inherited the will. Used. Yes. Mortal incarnation is definitely used for first Zelda. I would like to posit that re-inheriting the will of something is a reincarnation, effectively. There we go. Yeah. 
Also, it's said multiple times by Impa that Zelda and Skyward Sword has Hylia's soul. <laughs> that word is used many times in that game, even if it's not in that specific instance by Demise. We have gone on well, for I guess that's 10 not what minutes. Cr- Listen, this is what the people tune in for. <laughs> this is the Tears of the Kingdom trailer three. Not fucking yet, it's not. Can't we just have Zelda right. say Link and then blush? No, because yes. because now it has to be a whole fucking thing. Now we're at two minutes, ten seconds in the trailer. That's where we are in the trailer. The trailer number three, official trailer number three, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. The 20th canonical Zelda game, 21st by our count. Wait, what? what's the extra one by our count? Age of Calamity. Oh, that's right. Yes, you're right. Yes, of course. I really like this flying stone bird. Do you think yeah, that's his convenient. main flyer? Yeah, I think you'll just call this like a loft wing. I mean, once you get it, it really opens up the sky so that you don't have to worry as much as, about how to get between the islands. So I think this is probably a fairly late game item, or you have to do a lot to get it. Like, this game's equivalent of the Master Sword in Breath of the Wild. It doesn't seem like he can steer it. It seems like it just carries him linearly. Oh, so it's like a big flying bus. Yeah. So you don't think that he could fly that through the Kakariko Donut and then power speed? Um... If it fits, I think if you aim it correctly, you could use it. Because the first time that we see him use it is in trailer one, I think, when Link falls out of the sky and lands on it, which calls to mind him like summoning his loft wing by whistling and Skyward Sword. Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder if he might be able to summon this too. But if he can summon it, can he steer it? There's no steering mechanism, like you say. I, I've, I've not seen this thing do a turn or even a dive. That's true. The clouds are really, really thick in this shot. What baffles me about this bird is that there's no glue on it. Yeah. Yeah, it's all one Hmm. piece. Does it kind of look like it would look like the Master Sword if you change the little pieces on it? Maybe. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I see what you mean. When you say change the little pieces on it, what do you mean? Like imagine it's a puzzle and it's being rearranged to be a bird right now. I I do like puzzles. It looks like the hilt. Could yeah. you rearrange it into the shape of a sword? So it'd be a really big sword. Uh-huh. Yeah, if you took out some of the interior wing bits and you put that on the top, then the wings would look like the Master Sword hilt and you'd have a sword. That makes sense. Yeah. Link can put a shield on his sword. Oh, that is true. He can. And the very next shot, that's what happens. You know what the big limiting thing for two-handed weapons was in Breath of the Wild? Can't block. This puts a very big hole in my theory. That Did I lose you? <laughs> no, we, you, we still have you. Can, Can you hear, hear us? Oh, hold on. That may have... Um, oh, I see. Hold on. Hello? Oh, hello. Yes. Sorry. What happened? Hi. I, I had... I think I lost you. No, yeah. you didn't. Do the way that our setup is working. Monica's getting like double dose of my voice. That's okay. Okay. I signed up to that when I married you. Damn. <laughs> I don't, I, like that, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it's a good thing. Okay. Where were you? We're, we were talking about the sword shield. It, I, you know what the big weakness was of two-handed weapons in Breath of the Wild? Couldn't block with them. <laughs> now you can. Now you can. You can block with them. Put a shield on it. This puts a very big hole in my theory about junctioning a shield to a spear or a large stick. Why is that? Because I thought it would sit at the top of the stick. So I mean, it still could. I guess it could. Let's talk about this sword, because it kind of looks like a Zonai Master Sword. Really? Because to me, it just looks like the Royal Guard Claymore. 
or not the Royal Guard. Maybe I just don't remember the Royal Guard Claymore. Hold on, let me grab a Royal Claymore. Yeah, you know what? You're right. That is just the Royal Guard's Claymore. Or well, the Royal Guard Claymore is the black one. The Royal Claymore is the gold and white one. I guess they modeled it after the Master Sword. Yeah, they definitely did. Which is, of course, the weapon of the hero of legend who was a Zonai. Yes? It's kind of ostentatious for them to do that. I mean, that's what kingdoms do. Yeah. They only give it out rarely. That's fair enough. I really like the look of these uh, Zonai constructs that Link is facing off against with their big scary teeth and their rusted weapons and... All kinds of stuff going on here. These guys are really under-equipped compared to Link. He's showing up with an end-game sword and shield, and they've still got rusted shit. What is he doing bullying these guys? There's robots. They don't have feelings. Are you sure? Do you, th- do you think uh, there will be one of these that speaks like a person? I mean, the, the Yoshi ones already speak. Okay, that's true. So Maybe they can be friends. Maybe they can be friends. With other robots. Link, Link is kind of a bully. That's kind of what Breath of the Wild is about, is you don't just straightforwardly kill the Bakoblins, but you got to set up some kind of scheme. Yeah, you got to get your Rube Goldberg device of launching Bakoblins into a lake. Is that a, is that a bully thing to be vastly outmanned and then set up explosives to take out these creatures? Uh, it is if, if they pose no threat to you because you're such a skilled player. Oh, well, you know, that's fair. I don't know how many people... I understand are... that in the fiction, Link is a, is just a scrappy guy facing overwhelming odds. That's not really the position of a player. Oh, that depends on the player, really. Some players are really good at the combat. Some players need these options. It, it makes it a lot easier. Cameron says that because he's just watched me lose to the first beginning levels of the Trial of the Sword, like three times. Hey, I, I don't mean to... That's not a call-out thing. Everybody plays differently. <laughs> Some people are action gamers, and some people aren't. It's okay. I'm a little bit rusty. I blew myself yep. off when I meant to blow up the chalice. Oh, no. And she died. Uh-huh. Aw. Back to the beginning. She has yet to beat the first section. She might not. Honestly, it seems too stressful for the reward that it gives. She's the kind of person who collects all the wood so that she can cook the wood into rock-hard food. Because she just needs that extra quarter heart just in case. It adds up. So <laughs> next we see the sphere that Link was in before. We get a wide shot of it. He's hovering above it. He could fall in it if he wanted to. I just think, I, just, just before we go on, I just want to say it's cool you can parry with broadswords now. Yeah. You can really play Sekiro. Yes, you can play Sekiro with a broadsword. Doesn't Sekiro only have one weapon? Yeah, you only have the sword. Yeah, that's fair. But now you can parry with the sword by gluing a shield to it. Fantastic. In this shot... With the sphere rotating, we've been looking at a bunch of YouTube videos, and in the distance, people have observed, you see weird pillars? Pillars? They look drippy. Yeah. Oh, that's that's like big waterfalls of ichor falling down from some of the mountains. And other people have measured, and it seems to be falling into Zora's domain. Ooh, that looks like poisonous black ooze falling into the reservoir. The Zoras really need to set up some kind of water filtration system because they're always getting poisoned or frozen or something. Electrocuted. Yeah, that that electrocution. You got to set up the proper uh, filtration for that (laughs) shit. Electricity filter, yeah. (laughs) Put enough carbon between you and that lightning bolt. (laughs) 
I, I like that we're above the big sphere and flying over it as it rotates on its own. Because that was probably that probably took about six years to program. I gotta say, it probably did. This came after the shot of the Gachapon machine, right? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're we're outside of the big Gachapon room, and they do rotate on their own, which means you ro- turning the handle and the Gachapon shot isn't necessarily tied to the way that that room was moving. Hmm. Really? Are we not curving around it? Oh, you can see that it's turning upward. Hold on. Get a parry. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's super moving. That's free momentum for any uh, speedrunners. Yeah, absolutely. They just hit it, bounce off of it. Crystal, tell me about this next shot, because I have to frame by frame it, and even then I can't really tell certain aspects of what's going on. Um, I believe Link is fighting some sort of Sonic the Hedgehog with a fire power-up. Is rolling towards him and he sidestepped dodges it. This is a uh, well. I mean, it's a Goron. He's uh, being observed by other Gorons. Well, see, when you look at the Gorons in the background, they seem to be kitty Gorons. They're just so small, mm-hmm. and they're covering their eyes with their hands. It looks like again, yeah, hard to tell with YouTube compression. And whatever this thing rolling at Link is, it looks like a rolled up armadillo in the first few frames. Like it's there's a difference between its underbelly and its shell. And as it gets closer, you can see that it's actually covered in chains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the skin looks Goron, but it's got like a Lizolfos head or something. Is that like the skin of a Lizolfos he's wearing? I don't know. But it's got what looks like the Rio symbol on the back of it or something like it. You can see that little, mm-hmm. um, is, is it wearing a shield? When it bounces into the mm-hmm. air just before it transitions to the next shot. Are the chains connecting to that symbol? I think so. Did the Rito tie them up? Maybe, but like, could this also be a Goran warrior or something? I'm leaning towards that. Yeah, I see the Rito symbol here, yeah. But I don't know if it's a Goran is a thing. It still looks like an army dilly to me. I'm going to put my money on this is a Goran wearing a fancy outfit. And why why is it attacking old Link? Uh, They're training, sparring. Hey, one little neat thing this shot. Link is carrying uh, what looks like a cobble crusher. And he's got one of those big sets of horns from a moblin set fused to the end of it. Yeah, that's, that's kinda, a cool fusion. That's a cool fusion, and it looks neat. It makes me wonder how the horns from the Lionels are going to be fixed onto things. Like, could they be big-ass bows? I don't know. I'm glad that the moblin horns weren't a bow, though. What if you could still fuse them to bows so they act as, like, reinforcements? So they slow down your draw speed, but add huge amounts of power. That'd be cool. That'd be sick. Okay, Crystal, this this next shot is one of the money shots. Link is flying up in the air with Tulin. Teba, who knows where he is? He's gone. Tulin's your buddy now. Tulin, Teba's son. He's here, and he's with Link. And uh, they are bouncing off of what looks like four sails stitched together. It's those yeah, it looks flying like a trampoline. Ships. What's that? It's those flying ships we saw in the previous... Oh, yeah, it absolutely is, because you can see another one in the background. Yep. And then another one. Yeah, it looks like you can use them to gain lots of height to maybe fly to the next section you have to get to. And you know what this looks like? What's it look like? A little bit of a little bit of a dungeon. You think that's it? Oh yeah, it's like an overworld part of a dungeon, isn't it? Overworld shrine. We're we're skyward sorting out here. Oh yeah. This is the Rito solution to not being able to use Rivali's magic. I mean, <laughs> they just build trampolines. <laughs> I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. We can see that Link is wearing the snow quill set, and Tulin is carrying what looks like a swallow's bow, and he's glowing with some sort of blue stringy energy. 
He's got some energy on him. And he's just watching Link. He's like, wow, Link's so cool. He can't fly or shit, but he's doing all this stuff. Is Tepa dead? Is Tulin older? Tulin is definitely older because in Breath of the Wild, he's just one of the baby-sized Ritos, just one of the little scamps. And here he looks like he's on the cusp of his coming of age. Is Tepa dead? Monica, you were saying? Tepa dead? Hmm, I think he's probably dead, yeah. Oh, well, why would he be dead? Because... <sighs> He's not here. It's true that he's not. Where'd he go? (laughs) It's true that he's not here. Does, but dead? He was so boring, he died. God damn. I don't think he's the least popular champion or champion descendant just because he's so, like, hot. Is he hot? Crystal, as someone who appreciates birds, is Teba hot? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And yes, he's not smoking, but he's reasonably attractive. I would also call Teba hot, but I'm not normally a bird like her, so I don't know how skewed my perspective is here. So, time skip confirmed. How many years we're we're looking at here? Do you think? I think maybe two or three years, just based on Tulin's age, like at least two or three. Okay, it's hard to judge with birds. (laughs) That that's true. Birds grow up real fast, and we don't know how long the Rito live. But uh, how, what are you thinking, Crystal? Like, wh- wh- how much time do you think has passed here? What's going on with Tulin? Five years. He's taken up his father's mantle after his tragic passing <laughs> to illness. To illness, no less. He caught what? Yeah. What? Okay. He caught Goku disease. The Goku disease. Shit, Monica. What do you think is happening here? Um, the injury from Vomito festered. Oh yeah, he did take an injury. Maybe he can't fly anymore. And then he died. And then he died. <laughs> you don't think that just like being unable to zoom around in the sky anymore is enough? He has to be dead too? No, no, he can be alive. Man. Well, in any case, our boy is definitely holding a swallow bow and he's been training for something. We've seen official art on Nintendo's various Twitter accounts of Tulin, and he does the much older uh, version of the drawstring that the Rito used to do in like uh, da 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 the concept art for Breath of the Wild, where Teba and Rivali can grip a bowstring and pull it back with their wing feathers, but Tulin grabs onto the frame with his feet and pulls back the string with his beak. Tulin's smart. I bet that's a much better grip. Can we guess right now, is Tulin AI-controlled or player-controlled? And Hmm. is it sort of you can jump into his body and control you like mean medley. Lo- you mean like medley? Yes. Um, I want to say that he's probably just AI controlled, but I hadn't considered the possibility of a medley situation. That hadn't occurred to me. I hadn't made space for it in my brain. Crystal, what do you think? Um, we don't see any medley-like shots. It all seems very AI controlled. If but it, that glowing energy on his back could be a medley situation. That. I feel like if we start going down this path, we're setting ourselves up the football. Okay. You don't think you can just uh, grab a second Joy-Con and play as Tulin? No, no, no. Because if you can play as the other uh, champion descendants, then who else could you play as? You could play as the Zelda. Uh-huh. Yeah. Are we setting up that football? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, yeah, Monica has had that football set up from the start. <laughs> What if you can play a Zelda, but only, like, for five minutes near the end? Yep. That's it? Yep. That's all you've got? <laughs> there will be a lot of think pieces about it. That would that would, that would would generate some thoughts. They, they get the big thinkies. Okay, so regardless, Tulin's with us now. But this next shot, this shot is exciting. Okay, here we go. 
You build a little cart for to carry the people with your horse. You can hook it to a Pona. You can hook it right up to a Pona. And it seems like you took an incredibly busted up old cart uh, with axles still intact, put some new wheels on it, and a harness for hooking up to your horse. And you can just transport people that way. That's pretty neat. This It, it kind of reminds me of the... Uh, covered wagon sequences in Twilight Princess, only hopefully actually fun to play. Yes. Is this a Pona? It's an Epona. It looks a lot more like a Pona than Link's usual Breath of the Wild horse. An incarnation of the spirit of a Pona? Inheritor of the will of a Pona. Inheritor of the will of a Pona. (laughs) In the first frame of this shot, you can get a view of two of the passengers facing the camera. And one of them is a villager whose design I don't recognize. Most of them just look fairly generic for Breath of the Wild NPCs. But this person on the left has a really tall hat and they're sort of short and squat and wide. And I feel like they would have stood out to me more if I had seen them in Breath of the Wild. Is this is this a completely new NPC that we haven't seen before? And does it indicate that there may be more visual variety in NPCs, hearkening back to older styles? Yes. I would sure hope so. That'd be neat, $70 right? $70 game. You better have some vari- more variety in the NPCs. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Are we going to see... Oh, I, I cannot... Everything about this shot is such a simple shot, but it implies so much. Like, where are you taking these people? Why are you taking them? What happens if monsters run into you? Is this part of a uh, predetermined quest, or is it something that you can just do whenever you want? I have so many questions, and none of them are being answered yet. And is it a... Giant story quest, one-time event, or is it a repeated small side quest? When you're building up Terrytown in Breath of the Wild with this system, would you need to help each of the people that you get to move to Terrytown, like, actually physically get there? Because that would be sick. I kind of like that idea. (laughs) What if you find a guy on top of a mountain? Well, you better build a fucking paraglider for him, I guess. Uh Uh-huh. Toboggan. A toboggan, yes. Yeah, toboggan. That seems wildly dangerous, but exactly like the sort of thing Link would ride. A toboggan with a paraglider on it. Oh, here we go. Yeah, that's not, that actually, like, if you use the shitty magic glue to stick a paraglider on top of a toboggan, I could see that actually being used to transport people down a mountain in this game. But I guess this is one of those shots that's supposed to be more evocative, and it works on me, but it's also very silly. Next up, we see an Octorok firing a, a molten rock at Link, but oh, he uses his reverse hand on it and reverses it right back at him. Now, an interesting thing about this to me is that it doesn't look like Link really... I guess he does aim at the rock before he activates recall, but because yeah, they don't have... he's... Yeah. Go ahead. They're using auto-aim. Yeah, it, it feels that way. It's hard to tell because the UI isn't on in these shots, but... It would be really cool if enemy projectiles could just be stopped with recall without you having to aim at them, and then you could send them flying back as you like. Absolutely. I think he's just aiming in the general direction, and it's auto-aiming. Yeah, that would make sense. I like how confused the Octorok is that it just stays above. It's like, what's going on? And then then the rock comes back and blows it to smithereens. I'm very happy that an Octorok is eating shit. Monica has been getting fucking (laughs) wrecked by Octoroks. Like, Octoroks are probably the most annoying enemy in Zelda. Especially in Breath of the Wild. Their aim is too good. They're really good at leading their shots. You have to run Serpentine to make them miss. Monica doesn't believe in doing that, though. 
So she they just used their big octopus brains to calculate. So while she was on Eventide Island before she managed to find a bow, she was just like getting pelted by that one Octorok out on the shore. The answer is oh, bombs. No. I guess the answer would be bombs. But still, we're all about to be able to teach these little bastards a lesson. Um, what are we seeing in the background here? Like, this is clearly taking place in Death Mountain, and that makes sense. Octorok shooting exploding rocks is sort of a Death Mountain thing. But we seem to be Anything next special to... special going on back here? Well, we're sitting next to some minecart tracks, for one. Mm-hmm. And there seems to be some kind of, like, quarry. And this isn't a quarry that's anywhere that I recognize. Like, this is... You might see Denral flying through here. I think there's actually like a Lionel here in Breath of the Wild. I don't know. Yeah, I recognize this. is where the Lionel is. Yeah, this, this is, is near the, the north. Yeah, and it, I, it's not too far from the, uh, from the, which, which Leviathan is it in the Death Mountain region? Is it the Windfish? It's one of them. Or Levius? I don't remember which one. I think it's probably Levius. But, uh, yeah, yeah, things have changed here. They set up another mining spot. I wonder if that's a thing we can go into, because those rocks uh, back there look very explodable. Yeah, those look blue like time stones. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Are bombs back? We have yet to see them. We have yet we to have see not seen them. any bombs, no. The Sheikah Slate bombs have yet to show up. Devastating. Okay, now this next shot is very silly. Link just um, he found a, a rocket, and he's just going straight up with it. It seems to be attached to his shield with some kind of rune symbol. And when it pulls back, you can see that it is not attached to his shield with the glue, which makes like fusion doesn't need the glue, though. Ultra hand needs the glue. So this is still a fusion, mm-hmm. but he yeah. can stick a Zonai rocket onto his shield and just do the shore you can like 100 meters straight up. I love how the Zelda franchise can support things like rocket ships, batteries, and trains. It's just whatever they want to put in there. Uh-huh. So, Monica, is this place familiar to you? Yes. I ate shit there. Oh, so this is Eventide. Yeah. yeah. You can see that another one of those little royal family tents is there on the shore, which makes me wonder if this giant Bacoblin encampment was set up before or after that tent, because if it was before, that's a really, really odd place to pitch camp. But I like the idea that you could just, like, rock it up. Because we don't actually see it reach its full height here, either. Link's still going when they cut away from this shot. But they're they're giving a hint that there are many, many ways to get vertical with this. And you don't need Rivali's Gale to go nuts. No. This does kind of imply that Rivali's Gale isn't coming back, doesn't it? Yeah, I think Rivali went to hell. <laughs> what? Why is Rivali in hell? Yeah, because of his sins. Being a jerk? Yeah, pride. The greatest of them all. You know, I don't really buy the idea that pride is the greatest of all sins. TV loves to tell me that, but it does seem like bullshit. It seems like big bullshit. Like, pride should really be one of the smaller, pettier sins. So, greed? Um, that's... Look, I... Where do the seven deadly sins come from? Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know either. I feel like that shit ain't in the Bible, but I cannot be sure. I bet... You know what? I bet it's Greek... Part of the Greek orthodoxy or? Greco-Roman antecedents. Aristotle's Nicomachean ethics. Wait a minute. Aristotle's makes up all this shit. That shit's pagan as hell. Aristotle's barely a pagan. Okay, fair enough, I guess. But anyway, yeah, okay, so that shit is Greek. You're super right. I'm glad that you two were so quick to look that up. How did this this pagan-ass Aristotle shit get incorporated into Catholic 
precepts. Christian They love Aristotle. That's true. The Neoplatonist teachings of the School of Alexandria. Okay, this next this next shot, this next shot, this next shot, where we're leaving Aristotle behind as we jump onto some floating platforms. What is this shot, Crystal? Uh, when Link jumps on these platforms, they shoot them up, kind of like they're blowing wind, except they're not blowing winds. The first really big anti-grav jump that he does is off of just a regular stone path, so I don't think it's related to the platforms, actually. This is just something Link does. Okay. I think the platforms are gravity generators. And in the distance, we can see them generating water spheres, too. Oh, yeah. Mm. But these do look the same, though larger, as compared to the ones inside of the water spheres. Right there. Yes, I see it. Thank you. It's on the left-hand side of this shot. But as Link jumps to these, his jump is just different. It's like he has a moon jump, almost, where he's not affected by gravity as much. And his acceleration... Vertically is very different from in Breath of the Wild. Gravity's thin up here. We also see they that out, they thinned out the gravity in Skyloft. I fucking guess so. Also, Death Mountain's fucked up. Yeah, we're very close to above Death Mountain where we see just malice spewing out. Yeah. Anything underground is malice now. You think so? Uh-huh. That's terrible. Hence the malice holes. And we can see, uh, oh, there's there's Hyrule Castle on the left-hand side with huge amounts of malice bursting out from beneath it. And we also see the tar flowing yep. down. Goop. Onto that secondary platform and then further down and all the way to the ground. Mm-hmm. What is this horrible tar? Pollution. From what? We are using rocket ships and batteries. So we're creating the pollution. Mm-hmm. What do we think about Link having a long jump? Yeah. That's it? That's cool. I like like having a long jump. I think it's still because the individual blocks have a a wide radius. Oh, I see. So you're saying that even though he's not on a block by the time he makes that first jump, he's still within his field of gravity? Uh-huh. Okay, I guess that would make sense. This trailer is still very... The cubes floating in the background are so ominous to me. Like, everything else is sort of clearly... Either naturalistic shapes that have been worn down by the weather and by time, or like clearly uh, artificial but broken up in a way that's believable. But the but the background silhouettes that are just shapes are menacing as hell. You don't like it when there's just a cube. There's just a cube back there. What's it doing? Also, it's huge. It it reminds you too much of the cube horror film. I've never actually seen the cube. How is it? It's a cool horror flick. I forget. Who's in that? I don't remember who's in it. I just remember the evil cube that they're trapped in. Something to be said about an evil cube. I guess it could be mm-hmm. one of the, uh, what do you call them? The labyrinths floating in the air? Yeah. Could be. Could be. Now, this next shot is the one that had people going way too far in their runtime uh, oh, assumptions. Before we move on. Okay, okay. In the okay. background where Link is jumping on the platforms, you can see a big waterfall in the background. They're just kind of dissolving above Death Mountain. Huh. I think it's a little, it's a lot closer to us than Death Mountain is, but yes, I can see it. It is definitely some watery mist there that is just like uh, dissipating as it falls. Mm-hmm. Huh. What is that though? You can see it going up and it's a very different color near the top. It's almost like brown yellow. That's where the tar is. I wonder. It definitely doesn't look like clean water as such. No. We got to purify it. You do. I feel like that might be a thing about this whole uh, sequence here is trying to fix shit. 
Actually, that makes me wonder. Hmm. What is that? Okay, okay. So uh, I'm sure that it'll come up again because we've got some stuff that's related to this area, I think, because the tar does come up. But All this right, ne- next shot, Link's in the dungeon. Is it a dungeon? This is a dungeon. Come on, look at it. It's a dungeon. It does look like a dungeon in the style of Breath of the Wild's Hyrule Castle. But if people are looking for, like, we've locked you in a puzzle dock, a puzzle box and you need keys to progress, I don't know if they're going to find that here. I'm not prescribing the form that this dungeon takes, but it's clearly a dungeon. Well, uh, could you de- could you describe it for us, Crystal, for our listeners? Uh, Link's in a, a little lava level with all sorts of ruins about. I think we saw this from a different angle before. He's on a minecart and he's fighting a little mini Godon Zonai construct on another minecart with his spear. Interestingly, the minecarts here are not made of metal. They're made of stone. And based on the first few frames, you can see the Gorin symbol on the front of the Constructs cart. Mm-hmm. So this is some kind of Gorin facility beneath Death Mountain, I guess. But there's a lot going on here. Like, what is that big... In the first half of the shot, there's this big bulbous orb that's covered in, like, stone and has veins of what looks like lava running through it and it looks explodable but i don't know what it is because surely it would be glowing if that was lava we've seen similar could rocks, be malice rocks could be a malice rock but as he rounds the corner if you look in the background you can see one of those uh, you remember that thing that tree root that had like the big glowing uh bulb in it where we wondered what the hell it was yes there's another one in the background there far I off see in the it, distance yeah. mm-hmm. the carts have fans at the back ultra-handed in. Yes. And do we think that they came like that, or did Link do that for him and the Construct? Do we think that enemies can use the ultra-hand, or has Link created his own problem here? Uh-huh. I think Link has made his own problem. I think he had to use both to solve the puzzle, but then an enemy came in. Just a guy jumped in there, and now you've got a new complication. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. I like that he's using a double-length spear. Uh, he's got a. He, he looks like he's got a rusted halberd, and then a regular traveler's spear stuck to the end of the rusted halberd, and he's <laughs> using that to stab the guy without having to jump over or anything like that. The tactical supremacy of the very long spear on showcase once again. That's such a good combo. Such a good combo, and it will remain good. I love. Like, the rusted spear is such a bad weapon, but sticking something on the end of it just makes it automatically better. This guy's got regular arrows, but they are catching fire as he pulls them out, because this is Death Mountain, and you will just catch on fire. This robot ain't got no brains. It does have an axe on top of its head. It looks like a different tier of construct compared to the ones that we've seen Link fighting up to now. So I look forward to sticking that on the end of something. Are we going to encounter Construct that is like the sad pirate captain? Oh. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we could. That would be very sad. What if we meet Godon? The Godon from the Tower of the Gods? Yeah, the Godon, who's clearly Zonai now. Zonai did build the Tower of the Gods, I guess. Maybe. What if he's like a sad old robot? That would be very sad. I don't know. I don't know if I like that. He's like, my purpose was to test the hero of the gods, but... Look how, and I found him, but everything went bad anyway. It's like, here we are in Breath of the Wild. Okay, Crystal, how do you feel about unbelievably shitty robots? I love a crappy robot. 
Have you ever uh, tell us about this this magnificent top of the trailer shot here? So Link built like a little a little cart with a pallet, and then he just stuck a bunch of um, big slabs of rock on top of it as a rectangle, and then he glued arms onto it. Yeah. And he controls it, and the little arm is waving as it charges towards a talus that has a bunch of bacoblins on top of it shooting arrows at Link, like you're going to have a big robot battle. And so I think he... Go, go ahead. Mechs confirmed. Yes, mechs confirmed. I think this these are the building materials that we called the Henox couch in a previous episode. Yeah. Is that a lightning rod on the arm? Yes, it is. Is it? Yeah. Oh, it's... Oh, my God, it's... Definitely something. It is glowing. It could be. That's okay, here's wrong. here's the real question I want to ask here. Do we think that this machine running toward the talus is actually going to do anything? Yeah, I think it's going to tase it. Like it'll stun the talus and the talus falls over? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'd be really good. Let you get on there and wail on its weak point. At the very least, it's going to ram into the talus. Do you think that there's like a physics interaction between the talus and the robot? Absolutely. Oh, that's going to be so good. That's what they spent six years programming. Here's the real question. Is this robot going to break apart when it hits the talus? Oh, it better. Okay. Well, I mean, it it, it doesn't have to break apart, break apart at first impact. But when the talus swings at it, it better get blown to pieces. You think that glue has HP? I think that glue has a certain amount that it can stand up to, and no more than that. Okay. I didn't even think of it exploding. Link is wearing new armor here. It's some kind of a skirt with boots, and I don't know what's going on with his chest area, but on top of his head, he looks almost like he's wearing uh, a helmet that has a fan of feathers on top of it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what it is, but it's kind of neat looking. I just assumed he's shirtless. It does Are look we... like he's shirtless. Yeah, I guess that's probably true. Are we also going to spend time building giant shitty robots to attack things? Oh, you know it. Basically got to, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what would be really fun? You build a shitty robot like this, and then you stick an explosive barrel on the front of it? Yeah. And then you just make it charge at a talus at maximum speed? If it was me, I would stick those rockets onto the robot so it could charge. Hell yeah. Get him. Rocket get, boots? Yeah, yeah. You get the rockets that Link stuck to his shield, only you put it on the robot with the wheels. Can we fight Gleok like this? I hope so. Bring a giant shitty robot to fight Gleok? Hell yeah. I mean, I don't know if it would work because Gleok's a, a, a big old dragon, but surely it would do something to it. If nothing else, that's got to be really demoralizing. It's like he's given life to the unliving. He is like unto Ganon. He is creator of life. Yeah, Link, one of the creators of life. The next shot, Link, this MF bought horse armor. He bought the horse armor DLC. God, that joke is older than some of our listeners. 2006 joke. Was it 2006? I thought Ob Oblivion was 2005 for some reason. Nope, it was a 2006 game. Okay, so it's only 17 this year, not 18. That's right, as old as Ganondorf. Uh, yeah. It can't vote yet. Nope. Okay, so this MF bought horse armor, and it's pretty nice. They've actually got armor on the horse's fetlocks. They've got armor on most of its vulnerable spots on its chest. Hopefully this will actually keep your horse alive for longer. And Link has fused a ruby to his arrow. 
Hmm. Which that that actually creates some questions for me because some people are like, "Oh, that makes a fire arrow," but we already know that chew jellies do that. So wouldn't a ruby be a order of magnitude removed from making a fire arrow out of a chew jelly? Hmm. Could it be? I mean, a, it is on fire. Could it be a bigger fire effect? I mean, could be a bigger fire. Yeah, fire arrow level. How do we feel about Link's sick fucking armor here? It's pretty sick. I love his horns. Yeah, the horns on it. His uh, his uh, cloak. I, what would you call this kind of shirt thing? I don't know. Anyway, it looks fucking sick the way that it's tied around the wrists, but more flowing around his body and it's cinched around his waist. He's got fur lining on his pants and he's got four earrings in his left ear in this shot. Hey, it's like the, the dragon. Yes, it's very... Dragon goat sheep man. Yes, it's very much like the goat bunny. It's got the same triangle pattern as the goat bunny is also. Yeah, this is definitely some kind... I guess it could be Zonai archer armor. What would that mean? Because it looks like it's made for arching. Maybe you could get bonuses to specific weapon types based on your armor. That'd be cool. I had thought the horns were like dragon horns. Like Dinrel. They look like it, yeah. Actually, that does create an interesting question. Um, what kind of horns are those? They're dragon horns. All right, fair. Just carved out of big pieces of dragon horn. Mm-hmm. So in this next shot, we, uh, we, we have an interesting thing going on here in that there's more Ultra Hand stuff sitting on top of a small Bacoblin camp. It's this big cobbled together thing. I don't think Link built that one. It would be strange for Link to build that one. So much like previous shot with the minecarts, it's quite likely then there are Ultra Hand glued things that Link didn't do. Because Ultra Hand is just Zonai tech, right? And it would make sense for Ganon's minions to eventually be able to use it to one extent or another. Oh, oh, you know what this means? That means at the end of the game, Bacoblins could come at you with a really long spear. Yeah. But Crystal, tell me, tell me what happens in this shot. Link shoots the middle of this contraption and it starts spinning and it has a million lasers attached to it that fire out in all directions. It sure does. And there's explosive barrels up on the platform and they don't go off while we're looking, but the lasers just shred a lot of the uh, embankment, I guess. And there's a boss bacoblin up there. At least I think it's a boss bacoblin that has a backpack full of fire chew jellies. So it's like this whole thing exists just to be exploded really hard by these lasers. When you said that at the end of the game, the Bokoblins could come at you with a really long spear or whatever, I thought you were going to say, at the end of the game, we're going to fight Ganon and Ganon's going to be in a mech. Oh, that'd be pretty good, though. I thought you were going to say Ganon has a really long spear. He does. He's got the trident of demise stuck on the end of two long (laughs) sticks. He's got three spears stuck onto one spear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the trident. In the next shot, Tulin and Link are inside the big cylindrical storm that we've seen before, and it's icy and it's snowy, and for some reason the portal to hell is opened up and a big dragon <laughs> comes flying out. It is the worst thing I've ever seen. Now, I've heard some people refer to this thing as Goma, but that's incorrect. Goma only has one eye. Mm-hmm. That's it true. That is Goma's five. traditional trait is one eye. <laughs> This looks more to me like the freezy thing in Twilight Princess. Yeah. Oh, it, it kind of is like if a freezer was stuck onto some kind of hell centipede from Berserk. Yeah. It's a Metroid enemy. It's a little Metroid-y. Tulin's in this shot. 
Um, still got those strings of energy coming off of him. Um, he and Link are both free-falling towards this portal into hell that this demon is flying up out of. And Link is wearing a whole new outfit. Yeah, he's Monica. got bits of glowing blue parts. It's the Statue of Liberty. No. It's no, it's Nadra. <laughs> it does look like Nadra armor. Also the Statue of Liberty. Also the Statue of Liberty. Thank you. What do you think of that, Crystal? The idea that we could have armor that's aligned to the dragons. That sounds pretty sick. That sounds pretty Zonai. It does. And if that's Nadra armor, could that mean that the Archer armor that we were looking at before, could that be Denral armor maybe? But it doesn't have any glowing parts on it. No, that part looks like ancient Link armor. I love the idea of getting actual equipment from the dragons, though, like getting boons from them. That's the coolest shit you could have told little Cameron about what you'd be doing in a Zelda game in the future. I know that the ice thing is coming up from below, but where? The portal into hell. (laughs) Doom? Yeah, just like Doom. The only thing they fear is you starts to play as you stab the broken Master Sword into its neck. To me, this also looks like a dungeon, and this is the boss. That could make sense, yeah. Like, this is the end of the period with the trampolines. This is the trampoline boss, and he's jumping out of a hole in a really big trampoline. Yeah. (laughs) You know, maybe not exactly that, but you get it. So, from hell. Basically from... I mean, if you're made of malice, which this guy clearly has some malice going on, he's got the golden eyes with the elongated pupils. That's a malice monster. You're basically from hell. That shot is just a contextless shot of a little ball of malice exploding. Yeah, it's not very clear what's going on, huh? It's just, they show us like a few frames after whatever is actually exploding has disappeared. And then we just get the eruption. And then it might cut to a different explosion entirely between frames. I'm not sure. It could. I think this is part of this whole same cut scene with wiggly glowing hair and the red moon. Oh, I see. Wiggly glowing hair, huh? Ganon. Ganon. Probably not Demise. Who's that? <laughs> Zelda. There's Zelda here in this next one. Or what? were you asking about wiggly golden hair? I mean, red hair. Yeah, who is that? Who's Ganon? Oh, uh, well, he hasn't shown up just yet in the trailer. <laughs> I cannot believe that it's two minutes and 45 seconds into this trailer, and Ganon has yet to show his face. Also, Zelda. We're an hour deep on this recording. Um, the listeners won't be able to tell because I do truncate silence on parts of it. But we're an hour deep on this recording, and I don't think we've gone quite another full minute. And it seems like we're slowing down. <laughs> <laughs> Zelda is looking at her yellow Magatama, and she says she knows why she's here. It's something that only she can do. Now, this yellow Magatama, I feel like we're going to have to come back to this. Because there's, there's a part of her falling that I want to talk about. I've already talked about it in line a little bit, Crystal, so you know what I'm talking about. But I I want to talk about it on the podcast where folks can hear it. Okay. Because it relates to the guy who's going to show up soon. We have traced... When I say we, I mean the larger Zelda community. She is on the Great Plateau. Okay. I mean, that's fairly obvious just from this shot because it's the only one where you can see all these different... Uh, landscapes from that particular angle. But yes, she is on the Great Plateau in this shot and in a later one. It's a lot more obvious in the later one. Now, the Great Plateau, we know, is Skyloft. Yeah, that is where the giant statue of the goddess is. Mm -hmm. So if she's in the past, 
That means she's on Skyloft. But if it's on the ground, that means she's so far in the past that it hasn't been launched up into the sky yet. That's that right. That long ago? Yeah, that long ago. The Master Sword is here on her lap. Where? When it zooms into her hands. Okay, hold on. That's the oh, it, damn Master Sword, isn't it? That's, yes, it is. The Master Sword is here with her. And on the lower right-hand corner, you can just see a little bit of corrosion on the blade, which means this is the Master Sword that Ganon obliterated with his touch. Hmm. Fell into the hole with her. Did it? I wonder. I wonder. Hmm, yeah. Was... There's a cutscene where Link raises the Master Sword. In an earlier trailer. Yes, to a yellow glowing light. And I'd like to posit that was Zelda. And I guess she took the sword then. Is there places for them to swap the ba- the sword back and forth? Also, why would she say that Link needs to find her if he's already been able to pass the sword to her? Because he can't well, go into the glowing thing. Well, it could be that she um, leaves pieces of the sword for Link to find in the future. Much like Ocarina of Time, the Master Sword is the linchpin between ages. So yes. it can travel. So only the Master Sword can travel, <laughs> except for Zelda, who has clearly traveled through time. Well, no, I'm not saying the Master Sword is traveling. I'm saying that if she leaves it somewhere in the past, then it will be there in the future for Link to find. This Makatama has some writing on it. I can't read it, though. I don't know how I to can't. read that. I don't either. Apparently, it's based on a very ancient form of kanji, or so I hear. Kind of. Okay. This next shot is where, finally, shit actually starts to pop off and we enter Act 3 of this trailer, which has a three-act structure somehow. Malice shoots out a dry Ganon. Right out of his chest, or possibly his face. And it's just this big geyser that flames up into the sky, and it reaches a certain height way up near the clouds. And then it seems like it hits something? And to me, it looks like, like the- it's hitting the ceiling of the underground. But there are clouds up there. That's the sky. That could be dust. It could be dust. I think in a few shots, he gets jettisoned outside. That's true. While still corpse-like. Oh, true. So you think that this is just an eruption that happens underground, Crystal? It could be what opens up the path to the surface. I wonder. Because I'm almost thinking this could be him piercing the cloud barrier. Okay, it could be. Just like blasting it open with malice. And that's why we see this big splash effect. Now, it could also be that it just hits a certain height and spreads outward to wreck as much havoc as possible. But if the cloud barrier is real, if we're dealing with Skyward Sword world physics, I think that this would be an interesting spot for Ganon to pierce the barrier in a way that no other evil ever has. So... In Skyloft, gravity is thinner, so when he pierces the barrier, it's subjected to more gravity from down below, which is why it falls. That seems reasonable. I don't see why that wouldn't be the case. That's how gravity works, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. Magic, magic, fuck it. A god did it. We see Ganon creating all sorts of monsters from Malice, including a brand new Lynels. Yes, we've got the Pachycephalosaurus uh, moblins back there. We've got the single-horned. Uh, red Bacoblins, and we've got a silver Lionel, a white-maned Lionel, and a white Lionel, I guess. I, I forget what the exact classifications of these are. Anyway, the Lionels have, like, huge, raw, nasty horns on, on, like, one side is just antlers, but on the other side, it's, like, huge, twisted weapons. That's going to be great to junction to you, Paul. 
Yeah. Like the the silver Lionel has what looks like a giant long sword or katana blade attached to the right side of its head. The white maned or black Lionel has this really wicked looking chainsaw shaped blade with all these teeth on it. And I don't, I can't quite tell what the last one has, but it, it's all pretty wild stuff. We're going to have to kill the shit out of these guys. And then we get to see the thing happen where the fully powered glowing master sword is enveloped by the malice that crawls up Link's arm. And, you know, I didn't notice this until doing the frame by frame, but when it hits Link's arm, the malice burns away his glove and shirt and mail instantly. You can see it just like vanishing into mist. It looks like Link's arm is already scorched before the malice hit. I think that's, it probably is actually like, textured that way beneath it but they're just revealing the scorched layer and we're supposed to understand that the malice is just burning him that fast yeah it's a a little artist trick yeah nintendo does love to do that sort of thing and link is not happy about this he's reeling in pain as the malice just goes fucking princess mononoke levels of ham swarming over him and the master sword he doesn't let go of it though this is not enough to make him let go of the master sword that's really cool boy this seems like okay so link pulls out the master sword presumably to point it at ganon and it goes very poorly this isn't the kind of thing that we're used to seeing happen to this the iconography of the master sword is supposed to be completely inviolable but Mm -hmm. here it is getting fucking wrecked And then the money shot. Our man finally shows up. Ganon has been narrating over this. You witness the revival of a king and the birth of his new world. And it is definitely our boy Ganon. Uh, You can see that he's wearing the same jewelry as his uh, beef jerky self. He is outside. He is outside here. Now, me personally, I think that this shot probably takes place after the Blood Moon shot, where he's drawing on the power of the Blood Moon to revive himself and we also finally see his face and the internet went really wild about ganon's face for a while there what'd they say oh no he's hot over and over and over is it more towards the official art (laughs) what do you mean oh no he's hot he looks the same as he always has well that's the thing crystal ganon's always been hot okay to me, his face here looks a lot like Ocarina of Time Ganondorf. Yeah. More so than any other one. Absolutely. I could definitely see that. The only thing is that his chin is a lot stronger here than it was in Ocarina of Time. It's the beard. Yeah, that could be. But as he, he zooms in, you can see here, it's a little more clear in the screenshot on Nintendo's Twitter, but Ganondorf has a Makatama on his head. Yeah, they finally gave lore for the gem on his forehead. It's a dang Infinity Stone. It's an infinity stone that they put into Zelda. It got the Magatama on his head. Now, there's an interesting thing going on here with regards to the Magatama because we've seen it in two different colors. In the first piece of official art showing Ganondorf from the side, he's wearing a red Magatama. But in the second piece of official art, and I think this piece, uh, this scene, his Magatama... Linked by France. Huh? The second shot. from, From where was that? Some retailer in France. That wasn't a Nintendo one. You're right. You're right. But the Magatama is clear. It has no color. What do we make of that? Well, if you look back at Zelda's Magatama, it might also be clear and just be lit by the glowing yellow energy inside of it. That would make a certain amount of sense. But this this shot raises some questions for me. Mm-hmm. Because 
I guess this is probably the best place to talk about because this is the only time we really see Ganon with his Magatama. Um, you know how when Zelda falls into darkness, her left hand is glowing golden? Mm-hmm. And even back in the 2019 teaser, she was falling into darkness with her left hand closed into a fist like she was holding something. Mm-hmm. I think that Magatama that she has in the past, like she took it or at least its power from the gem on Ganondorf's forehead because it's visible in that first trailer on his head. But timeline-wise, mm. that doesn't quite line up here unless this is a separate gem. No, but see, this one is empty. It's clear, and the power that was in it is gone. Oh, she took the glow from it. I think so. They act as vessels of the power, not power itself. It does not seem to me like the power is gone. Well, I mean, when you're full of as much power as Ganon, I think you could probably refill the vessel fairly quickly. But not with time powers. I mean, would it look this way while it's having the power of the blood moon poured into it? Very possible. But I think that what I'm trying to get at here is that it suggests a certain course of events to me. And we'll talk about it at the end of the video. But I, I feel like I have some idea of what I think is going on in this scene and what's happening with Zelda and the lady who looks like Zelda. Okay. Do we have opinions on Gandorf's pecs? Pretty Not good. really. I mean, he's pecs. clearly... They're nice. He's also clearly improved his workout routine from when he was younger because his abdomen is basically a tree trunk now, whereas he had this itty-bitty gym rat waist back in the old days. Crystal, do you have opinions on his workout routine? I'm glad that he works out more. <laughs> I'm glad that he's focused on his core strength so that he is able to lift more weight safely. It just, it's a nice evolution from, it really makes his ocarina self look like a cocky young Ganon. Uh-huh. This is a mature is, Ganon who's learned some lessons. Yeah, this is midway to his, uh, his Wind Waker robed body. Yeah. Wind Waker is just this with a whole layer of fat over it. Yeah, this is still his flaunt my pecs era. Yes, but it's different because when he was in Ocarina of Time, that was strictly about the aesthetics. He wanted that triangle-shaped body. This Ganon is a guy who uh, wrestles bears. He looked at Zangief from Street Fighter and said, that, I want that for me. And I appreciate that. Also, uh, fun fact, this will tell you how uh, out of touch I am. I learned the word zaddy uh, from people talking about Ganondorf's official art. I see. I can reverse engineer what zaddy means. Oh, is this the first time you're hearing it? That's the first time I'm hearing it, but I know what that means. I guess. What does it. it mean? Is it Zangief Daddy? No, it's not. Okay. You would it? think so. I thought it meant like zombie daddy, but it's just like a progression of daddy. It's for when you want to say daddy, but it sounds weird. <sighs> People come up with all sorts of fucked up words for being attracted to men. Yeah. You especially can just be normal like, about it. You could be, yeah. But, you know, we're not. And that's whatever. Fine. I will say that I think that this is easily and by far the best Ganondorf has ever looked, just in terms of his design. Mm -hmm. And I could understand somebody saying that this is the first time that he's really looked attractive because they've gone in on his design here in a way that they did not in the past. I is think he, he has a very good? good scream. Yes. Matt Mercer does pretty good here. Is he going to be good? Oh, no. fuck me. No. That's one of the theories, Crystal. That's one of the big theories. You know why? You think, he, you know why? You, you think Demise is controlling him through the Magatama? That's one of the theories. Well, not through the Magatama, but the Magatama is a sign that he's one of the sages. 
or perhaps the hero. You see, if you go back, the people who sealed the calamity would be him and the Hylia woman. Because suddenly it matches up. The darker skin with the golden hair, the blue skin with the red hair. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's one of the running theories in the community right now. Why he steal? Why he seal the calamity, Ganon? Great question. I'll only allow for it if he betrays them and is evil. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he is freed from Demise's influence. It's like Ganondorf, you're finally free to choose your own path. And he's like, okay, I'm choosing to be evil now. It's like, okay, finally, that square is off my back. Now to do the real shit. <laughs> no, I think that the betrayal and the twist happened in the past. Okay. So... Here's this good guy helping us. He's really strong. Oh, no. Oh, no. Like he was just pretending to be good the whole time. Uh The actual hero of that era is fucking dead. It's Bunny Man. And then Ganon showed up. And he's like, don't worry, guys. I'm going to take care of this for you. And he takes care of it for them. But it turns out that he's Ganon. So are you suggesting that Ganondorf traveled back in time? No. No, no, no. I'm saying that... You know how you suggested that this could be a new incarnation of Ganondorf? Like he was reborn or Uh pulled himself out of the chains of death? What if he did that separate from the malice that had characterized him? It's like, okay, he is born anew. He can choose to be anything he wants. And what he does is he goes and he pretends to be the hero. And then when it's over, he eats the calamity. Yummy. And he janks ancient Zelda. That's basically what I'm saying. Uh Uh-huh. But we'll, we'll... Yeah. I'm interested in yeah. the relationship between Ganondorf and the Calamity, because it's not very clear at this point. It's not clear. Like, before all this stuff came out, I just thought that the Calamity was Ganon's shadow. But it seems like there are potential other states for it to be in. I wasn't prepared for that. I'm never prepared. Okay, I, I guess we can maybe move on to the next shot if we feel like it. Yeah. Link's running away from a hungry crocodile. It's the junk monster. Mm-hmm. Junk monster? Gunk. Oh, okay. Um, It does have coloring that is not quite in keeping with a malice monster. No, the gunk that's falling into... Oh, no, 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 no. I I know what you mean, because it's rising up out of the the black ooze to attack Link. But I mean that it's purple is the wrong color. You know what that purple reminds me of? Nadra, when it was possessed by the malice. So what if this isn't actually like normally a bad creature, but it's been changed by the malice? Actually, yeah, it does look a lot like that. I was just purifying Nadra. Like she just did that fight last night or maybe the night before. No, it was yesterday. Hey, uh, Crystal, what what is that um, architecture back there? Because it doesn't look like uh, ground Sonai architecture. Hmm. It looks like a cat ear uh, headphones. It it does look a little bit like cat ear headphones, I guess. <laughs> Is there anything else that stands out to you about it? It doesn't seem out of place it's, among the sky zone, I. It's not, but it, it something about it is still a little bit different. I don't know what it is, but this is a new kind of structure. I'm not saying it's a new kind of architecture, just that I don't recognize it. It's not as blocky. It's got a lot of smooth, curved lines, which isn't something that we see in ground zone eye architecture very much. We're going to purify this crocodile. We are going to purify this croco shark. This is the croco shark from all the movies about croc versus shark. Maybe then it will be Link's friend. What if this thing is a pursuer enemy that hunts you throughout an entire dungeon zone in the sky? Oh, that'd be so good. 
it would be pretty good. Especially because you clearly can't fight it like this. You drop a bomb in it. Maybe. If there's bombs. I think there might not be bombs. Might not be bombs. That's like 50% of my fighting strategy. Oh, Crystal. Monica throws so many bombs. They're free bombs. They are free. (laughs) And they let her stay away from the enemy. The only thing is that it gets her muscle memory screwed up to the point where if an enemy's in her face, sometimes she'll pull out a bomb by mistake. I'm not very good at the fighting. But, uh, okay, next shot. Link and Tulin are diving down. I actually assume, given that they seem to be inside of the big cylindrical maelstrom, that they're about to go down to dive at the portal into hell. Hmm. He's wearing the Snowquill outfit now. Yeah, Link is wearing the snow quill outfit, so I guess this would, at minimum, have to be a different shot. But they are definitely going down to do something. Tulin really does look a lot older here. He was so baby in that first game, but now he looks like a little tiny warrior man. I don't know how I feel about this. uh, The goddess Hylia. Do we believe that this is the goddess Hylia? Because this is the first what we're seeing her in this trailer. I am going to call this person Hylia, yes. Yeah, me too. She is dressed identically to Zelda, except for wearing a little laurel wreath like Kaiser. Her, her, um, what do you call this? Tiara. Her tiara is also a little bit different. It's a little bit more ornate. There's two additional side things stack on it. Yes. And she's also got more, uh, tear makeup under her eyes. Hmm. Generally, she looks very similar, though. Her ears are longer. She's wearing the same hairstyle, only very much grown out. I'm just going with Zelda. Because okay. it's a past Zelda. Uh-huh. But the other thing is that she's also wearing a golden glowing Magatama. Presumably mm-hmm. the same one that Zelda has in that earlier shot of her. Her hand glow is a different level of yellow glow. Yes, that's very much the um, white gold glow that Zelda has in Breath of the Wild. But when she's calling on her power, the Magatama starts radiating a lot of energy. And the... The energy coming out from her hand looks like it's a really distorted version of that script that was keeping Ganon sealed in the 2019 teaser. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the next shot, which is, uh, Crystal, what is what does Hylia do here? Well, the way it's cut, it looks like Hylia is firing a super Kamehameha. And what, what is she firing it at? Uh, all sorts of beasts near Elden, it seems. It looks like it's just like 20 or 30 Moldugas, and they are getting blasted hundreds of feet into the air or vaporizing completely. And it looks like she's firing it from the sky. From the castle? It looks like the grounded Great Plateau to me. Could be. I mean, she is firing it from an elevated spot, but not super elevated. And boy, that is actually just big Kamehameha, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. He's dropping Kefka's fucking light of judgment on people. Are her ears extra pointy so she can extra hear the voices of the gods? I think so, yes. I think extra pointy is more closer connection to the gods, specifically the old gods. Some people think that this might be an older version of Zelda, but I don't think that that's true. For one reason, her eyebrows are wrong. Mm -hmm. That's it. (laughs) She is definitely fulfilling the same role, and she's further along in her awakening to this power but I don't think that that's Zelda. Not our Zelda. Her skin's also a bit darker. Well, I mean, everybody's got melanin in their skin that develops under the sun. No, you don't get that from a suntan. All right, fair enough. Yeah, Zelda doesn't tan that deep. Well, I say that, but that's this skin tone isn't actually that far off from Tetris skin tone. Yeah, I guess so. 
Nintendo has introduced their third dark-skinned character. Yeah. I Huh. Who are the other two? Ganon and Tetra. Oh, also yeah, the Gerudo, okay. yes. Okay. Well, it's because when you said Nintendo in general, I was like, wait, I can think of a couple more. But Smash, only a couple. Smash Brothers characters. Yes. Yeah. If they, they, hey, if they include uh, her in the next Smash game as like a skin for Zelda... That puts the uh, brown-skinned count up at least 200%. Mm-hmm. I love her design, though. She's so fucking cool-looking and serious. Oh, she's so good. And then she blows up all these Moldugas, and I'm just losing my fucking shit. It's great. Next shot, we have the leader of the Gerudo, Riju. She also looks a little older. It might be a little easier to judge the time skip here. Maybe so. Now, if you frame by frame in this first part, there's a bit where you... As she just starts to turn, where you get a few flashes of the earring that she's wearing. Mm-hmm. It's a Magatama. That's an Infinity Stone. That she's got it. And she's doing a uh, dance where she seems to be holding two of the scimitar of the seven. Scimitars of the 14. Scimitars of the 14. And she also appears to be using her equivalent to Urbosa's Fury, because once she finishes her motion, lightning strikes inside of this golden area that she had created. She got a haircut. She did get a haircut. I'm going to call this a two-year time skip. That's what I'm calling it. Okay, that seems perfectly reasonable. She does seem slightly taller, so that would put Riju at, like, what, 14, 15, something like that. Mm -hmm. Baby's come a long way. Now she's shooting lightning at people. What's that? She still needs the booster seat. She would absolutely still need the booster seat. She's just not very big. Okay, Crystal, what's this next shot? We see Link, and he's got all sorts of friends with him. He's got Guy with a bucket on his head. He's got the Gerudo Warrior. He's got a a few fellas from from Hateno. He's got a Goron, and he's got a knight on the horse. And the person on the horse is just like a banner carrier, I guess? I guess so. But it's... It's interesting because it, it sort of implies they're, they're doing like an Avengers Assemble shot here. But it's just random guys. It's just Why some guys and Link. It's Donald. So, is yes, it's Donald from Fire Emblem Awakening. The guy with the bucket on his head. No, that's Donald's dad. Donald wears a pot. But I this Link's it feels here. like it's a precursor to the earlier shot where they had a big fight with the Bacoblins and Moblins. Yeah. It makes me wonder if that's a normal thing. Like a larger mechanic where you have to occasionally secure areas by going off and fighting lots of guys with help from villagers. You got to recruit your little party. Yeah. Link's got a neat sword. Yeah, it looks like like the the horn off of one of the base level um, Zonai constructs stuck onto the hilt of a rusted sword. Yeah, I think so. I think that's an accurate assessment. We don't know enough to say. We don't. But what would you two to prefer? Are these group fight scenes a one-time thing in the story, a multiple-time thing side quest, or just you can set it up in the wild whenever? Hmm, I, th- I think that I would prefer if they were non-repeatable side quests that you can also uh, round up a posse whenever you want. I think that sounds pretty good to me, especially if the side quests let you like increase what shops carry or open up new facilities or things like that. That would be pretty neat just as an optional thing that you can do. I would enjoy that. And would it be possible for Link to go through and beat up everything in the field 
without them. I don't. I think that you can only start those sequences with the help of the villagers. That's what I would assume. What about you, Crystal? I think you probably do it solo. I think that's their design philosophy. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough then. What if you could take these guys into a fight with Ganon? That that feels like it would be a bit much. Do you think um, it six is, is the max party count? That is how much we... Well, I mean, we've got um, seven here, unless you don't count the banner carrier. Well, I don't count Link. Oh, okay. Well, no, there's there's uh, there's four guys clustered around Link. The Gerudo, the Goron, and the banner carrier. So that's seven. Okay. But um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Seven sages. Oh, the seven sages. There they are. <laughs> there they are. That's them. Bucket man. Random Grudo. The Goran has it easy. He knows he's Sage of Fire. I feel like having NPCs fight alongside you is one of the stronger focuses of this game that they haven't given any air to yet. Like, in terms of things that they talk about. They've shown it to us in bits and pieces, but they're not talking about it. Right. It's the weirdest thing about this game. I'm used to my Zelda games just being me. Maybe some other guy that I control briefly. Spirit Tracks. You were thinking Cafe. Cafe or Wind Waker. Well, okay. So this game isn't that because we go into the next shot. And what have we got, Crystal? Link and Sidon are beating up a construct. And Sidon also has the glowing blue strings coming off of them. That's very interesting. Hmm. And they are beating this construct's ass together. Age of Calamity real? What does this mean to the Sid Link fanfics? Oh, it's going to be bonkers. Okay, here's what I think the glowing blue wisps are. I think one of okay. the powers of Link's hand is that, much like Ezio, he can hold up his fist and summon one of his buddies out of the ether. And then oh. uh, when they're done with the fight, they go back to where they were. That's certainly interesting. So you think that's what that glowing stuff is? That's what it looks like to me. But the stuff with Tulin, he clearly hasn't summoned Tulin just to fight. He's coming through the dungeon with you. He's in the cutscenes and everything. That's true. Maybe the thing with the hand is a sink. So they're drawing a bit from Link. Okay. And they're fighting in tandem. Oh, that could be cool. Like they'll use certain attacks based on what you do. Uh-huh. Oh. Not to say that they're not good warriors. Maybe Tulin's still learning, but the, the simpatico fighting. I'd like to suggest that the architecture here does look very different from Zonai architecture, especially with like the big vases and stuff in the background, the big focus on circles, the waterways, the spear shapes, just the stonework in general. It looks vaguely Zora to me. Hmm. Now, of course, it still has the Zonai torches in the background with the um, lotus shapes on them, but it doesn't look like regular Zonai architecture. We all came from the sky. Everyone came from the sky. Uh-huh. Are Sidon's gloves new? You just saw this guy. You're on your way to Zora's Domain right now. In point of fact, they are new. His gloves are new. Those are new gloves. But yes, we're fighting alongside Sidon. It's not exactly clear how it works, but he's got the same glowing blue strands as our boy Tulin. And I guess we... I might as well point this out. He seems to be carrying the... Oh, God, what's it called? Light scale trident. The light scale trident. Yes, thank you. He's definitely carrying Mipha's weapon. It's a strand-type game. Strand-type game. I don't know what that means. It's a game about a rope instead of stick. Oh, so it's about joining together rather than fighting. 
Yes, that's what we need right now. Not to come apart, but to come together. So it's like a like a dating sim. Yes. Are dating sims the first strand type games? Yes. Oh, okay. The shot of Link is just when his uh, arm gets eaten, right? I think so. It's completely separate. It's cut in such a way to make you think that it leads into the shot after it, but I think it's completely separate. Like, here, he's clearly either having his arm destroyed or... Yeah, he's in enough pain here that I think he's having his arm burned off already, and he's probably looking up at Ganon based on the little malice particles in the air. So, not a very interesting shot in some ways. But, Crystal, what about the shot after that? After the shot, you see Riju and Sidon. And Sidon's definitely got a blue Magatama with an eye, a Sheikah eye, on his uh, left glove. Yeah. Are the Avengers assembling? It's interesting that Riju's was yellow and Sidon's is blue. Yeah. I guess it's like um, that orange is like the... What color was the spirit medallion in Ocarina? Okay, it was orange. So that that stands to reason. That's a that's a Gerudo thing. You think it's orange oh. and not the same yellow as Zelda's? Yes. Okay. But if you if if you frame through this, there's a bit where as Sidon and Riju are charging toward whatever the hell they're charging, the boulder breaker just comes into the frame. Hmm. Hmm. Hey, you know who we haven't seen yet? Yonobo. We haven't seen Yonobo yet, unless he was the guy that had a uh, fire attack. No, that can't be. He, it doesn't. Lo- his back doesn't look like that. Okay. Yonobo's going to be like three times bigger. Because in Japanese, he's very much just a little kid. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm playing through Breath of the Wild with the Japanese subs right now in preparation. Sorry, dub. In preparation for when I play Tears of the Kingdom with the Japanese voices. And he's a little kid. He sounds like he's three. Yeah. And he his the way that he looks up to the boss and the way that he follows Link around makes a lot more sense if he's a lot younger than the English voice cast played him as. Hmm. So, so I think he's a Medigorn. Yeah, Monica's operating off the assumption he's going to be fucking enormous. There's a couple more interesting things about this shot. Uh, Tulin the first has a one, green one. Tulin does have a green one. Look at Sidon's head. What about it? He's wearing the crown of the king of the Zoras in this shot. He was not in the shot where he was fighting alongside Link. Dad died. Second dad to die. What do you think, Crystal? They're just killing off all the dads? (laughs) Second dad to die in this game because Rome bit it in the previous one. Rome was keeping all the dads alive. Three dads. Also, um, I think Tulin is carrying the great eagle bow here. They're all carrying champion weapons. Maybe Link gave back the champion talents to everyone else. I guess Yonobo already had it. Yeah. It could just be something that they learn. I wonder what Sidon's would be, because he doesn't strike me as the kind who would be a healer. But if he was, that would be very cool. What color is Yonobo's Makatama? I've got to think, and this is weird, I've got to think that it's probably red. That one's taken, though. Is it? I don't know. Ganon's is red. We've seen, we've seen Ganon's Makatama actually being red in art, but we've yet to see it actually be red without the blood moon shining on it and out of it in gameplay. Okay. So what are the unaccounted for Magatamas? We've got we've got six out of seven, right? Um yeah, I think so. We've got the Gerudo one, the Zoro one, the Rito one, we've got Zelda's We're Ga- missing Paya. True, we haven't got a Sheikah one. 
Paya as the Sheikah champion would be extremely good. That would be pretty good. I don't think they're necessarily going to do it, but it would be a lot of fun. They could just use all the animations from Impa and Age of Calamity. That's true. Age of Calamity real. But the focus here seems to be on the champion characters. But I wonder if Ganon and Zelda have the same Magatama. Hmm. There's a couple of them that we may not be able to account for. We haven't seen the Gorin one. We don't know whose Ganon has. There's still more questions. Does Link get a Megatama? One would assume? I would assume not. Well, why is that? Because he already has his hands. It's just a hand. Everybody has a hand. Heroes, heroes don't get their own objects, except the Master Sword and the hand. So unlike the, the Sage Medallions, the champions get their own Megatama, and, and Link's like, yep. Yeah. So he's basically setting them up to be able to participate in the battle to stop Ganon. Because it does look like the champion descendants are in the same underground area as Link with the Malice, actually. Yeah, that would make sense. I feel like we see some Malice particles in the back. Yeah, yeah, you definitely do behind uh, Sidon in those first few frames when you can see his Magatama, clearly. Oh, it's silly, but I'm so excited to see Riju and Sidon and everybody fighting together. That's so cool. Yeah. Is this from the end? It could be an end. It could be near the end. After you've distributed all the tiers of the kingdom. Because they did do that with the Breath of the Wild trailers. Okay. So there are seven Magatama. We can assume that these four champions account for four of them. Yes. Who are the other three? Paya, Zelda, and Ganon. Why is Ganon a sage? Who said anything about sages? I did. Me, Cameron. Okay. Well, my answer to that then is he is not a sage. Okay, then what are the tiers of the kingdom? And why do they seem to mostly align with the medallions? Wait, wait, wait. We're missing forest. Well, Tulin has that one. No. It's green. It's it's sort of a yellow green. I what, think what that's, as, that's as green as we're going to get. I'm saying we're going to get a Korok. You think God, there's going to be two green ones? If we got a Korok, two green ones. Monica, I don't know. There's only six medallions. Which one are we missing? There's six medallions, but Zelda is the seventh sage, the leader of them all. Well, Zelda would have right, the light medallion. Kind of for the Sheikah. No, she can't have the light medallion. That's Raru's. Who is the light medallion then? Goat man. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, I guess. I don't fucking who know. Who is the shadow medallion? Hiya. We we also can't assume that they map that cleanly. You're I the suppose. You brought this up. That's true. That is very true. But it feels like I'm saying we don't know that there's necessarily a shadow medallion, so to speak. <laughs> Just that there's a, like a certain number of them, and they seem to line up in a way similar to the sages. In Ocarina of Time, there was supposed to be a wind medallion, and I think an ice medallion. Oh, really? I think so. Hold on. Oh, you bet. You you better look this up. I'll, I'll keep. Go- we'll keep going through the trailer because this last shot. It's not the last shot of the trailer, but it's like the last big money shot, and it's Link with some kind of wild weapon on his back, running toward a three-headed dragon as it takes off into the sky. And as it opens its mouths to roar, it has these really upsetting-looking, almost human jaws. Like, they've got dragon heads, but human mouths, and it's just fucked up. Got big malice eyeballs. Got big malice eyeballs. Literal crowns of fire. Fire just spewing out of their heads. Hey, Crystal, what does that sword that Link pulls out look like to you? Looks like a big chunk of ice. 
Or maybe one of Nadra's scales. Or maybe one of Nadra's scales. Like this is a Nadra sword to go along with the Nadra armor. Hmm. Or maybe you can collect scales and fuse them to broken hilts and make new weapons out of that. Hmm. Maybe. The forest medallion used to be the wind medallion and the water medallion used to be the ice medallion. Okay. That makes sense. So there were never more than six for the six sages plus Zelda the seventh sage, except for when she's the eighth sage sometimes. Uh, was that in Link Between Worlds? Yes. And maybe a link to the past. I can't quite remember. I think so. I think there were seven maidens and Zelda. Okay. God. They really got to figure out what number they want to be the most auspicious. No, the maidens included Princess Zelda. Oh, okay. So seven Back included. to seven. So but, Zelda's a descendant of Rauru the king, the seventh oh, sage. Oh, Oh, fuck Except me. for when Rauru is a separate sage. The sage of light. Uh-huh. Separate from the sage of Hylia. Yeah. People like to call Zelda the sage of time, but that's never actually established. She's got a lot of time themes. She does have a lot of timey-wimey going on. And sometimes there's God, only ble- three sages. That's also true. Sometimes there's only two sages. That's when your development gets cut. I guess so. Twilight Princess also only had the six sages. Well, five after what happened. After what happened, after they killed. But the specific symbols are in Twilight Princess, I think. Yeah. Yes. And they're in Skyward Sword. Yeah. E- yeah. On the temple. Yeah. The the iconography here is very different. But uh, I, I, I love this for Gleok. Gleok looks so cool in this trailer. Each of the heads looks like Ganon. Kind of does. Got the same fire beard and everything. And then we got, as not quite the final shot, we've got Zelda standing with the Master Sword. They don't show the lower portion of it, so you can't see that it's corroded here. But we already saw it in that earlier shot. We saw that little spot of corrosion. They're they're clever with their cuts, but not quite thorough enough to fool the Book of Medora. Link is their last hope. And we see a wider shot of that mural from before we see the right side and we see the evil looking mural ganondorf yeah it sure is and the evil looking mural ganondorf we can now understand to be the shape that the zelda figure was floating helplessly in front of in the mural trailer Mm -hmm. i think this links credence to ganondorf showing up in the past going hey guys i'm strong and i'll help you and then everybody's like oh wow He's so strong. <laughs> and then the Zelda of the time's like, okay. And then the goat bunny man's like, yeah. And then, oh no. Oh no. There's a little there's a little figure standing directly in front of Ganondorf. I don't know if their hand is lifted in defiance or just acknowledgement. Hmm. It kind of, it there's also a guy like, with the yeah. sword and shield on the far left. Well, he that guy's the same as the other knights. So that could be yeah. a link, or it could just be a knight being consumed. Yep. But the guy on the right is in the same shape as the other knights, just not holding a sword and shield. Yeah. So I guess that guy's really Yeah. His proximity to Ganon is suggestive. I just don't know of what. That reads to me as just a knight getting overwhelmed. You think so? Yeah. Is that Link? Could be. Ganon sure does have horns in this mural. That's right, he does. I wonder if they're figurative. Because he's evil. As he's evil. And then we get one last shot to bring us to the end of this four-hour split recording of Zelda looking up at the sky, seated in what can only be the Great Plateau. But there's two details here 
that are interesting and suggestive. The first detail is that the angle here is very low. She's not in the sky. She's on the ground. And two, the sky is empty. There are no floating islands. What does this mean? Somebody tell me what the fuck is happening. She's in the past future. The past future? What does that mean? She's in the past, but maybe also the future. What? She is uh, in Termina looking up at the sky, which is, of course, the ground of Hyrule. Also distinctly possible, maybe all of Hyrule is floating. I aged five years, Crystal. <laughs> but you- I, I am... <laughs> I am so noticeably grayer now than before you said that. Would you feel better if it was low rule? I'd feel much worse, actually. And Helio was actually um, uh, Hilda. Hold on. Uh, now I'm, I'm starting to get on board. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, I, I, I do think that this is probably in the deep past. Like the deep, distant, serious fucking past. Like remote, where are we past? The infinite antiquity past. And what if the other link is fucking Ravio? If they made hot Ravio. Ravi, ra- hot Ravio? Yeah, if the goat yeah. bunny man's Ravio. Well, it's better than him being hot Raru, right? Uh-huh. Link's I already a Raru. I do think this is a period contemporous with goat bunny man. Well, we know that. Yeah. And also other Zelda. So, what do we think is happening in this game? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. I know less than ever. In I- this game... You can fuse items together and build mechs. I feel like they gave us so many details, but it's like you said, Crystal, for all that they've told us, everything that we learned leaves us with more questions than it answers. But I think that I think that at some point, Ganon works alongside the ancient Hylia Zelda and steals her Magatama from her, or maybe her power altogether, and houses it in the tear that he wears on his head. Zelda takes it from him after he's sealed, which wakes him up, and she falls, and reflexively, because that's how she uses her powers, she reflexively uses that power to send herself into the distant past, currently beyond his reach. Except for other version of him. Except for potentially other version of him. It depends on if this is before or after he's been sealed. I think before. Crystal. Do you think there might be another Ganondorf running around in the past? No, I think there will be exactly one Ganondorf in this game. Okay, so what's going on in the past that makes Goatman say that Link will be their last hope? <sighs> that's a great question. Are we, are is we, this is, before? Are we sure they're in the past? That's uh, fair enough. Maybe he's not. Do we think that Goat Bunny is the, is the original owner of the arm? That seals again. Yes, absolutely. 100%. And do we think that that arm is also fused to Link? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yes. So we agree that Goat Bunny has his original arm in the shots where Zelda is talking to That's not necessarily true. Could be another prosthetic. They call out the arm very clearly. The hand is on the shoulder. (laughs) It's like being touched by Link. It's like being touched by Link. Except that she hasn't been touched by that hand. Shut up! You, know, I, I got nothing. Uh, that's true. That's true, and it totally, it totally destroys what but, I was saying. So this is pre-sealing. It has to be before Ganon was sealed away. Well, except that you know Zelda is a being that sees time from all directions, and in the future she probably will be touched. So she recognizes it from the future, even though it hasn't happened yet. No, no, no. I just mean <laughs> the fact that Goat Bunny has his arm. It has to be before Ganon he has is sealed. an arm. Oh, I see. So you would like to suggest that in actuality, 
Ganon has been sealed, but Goatman replaced his arm. Yeah, why not? Just because he used his arm I, to seal, that means the, he can never have an arm again. I mean, that is kind of the idea behind that sort of sacrifice. But okay, sure that that's what you that's that's what you're putting your money down on. I'm not putting money I down think... on anything. I'm just saying we can't confirm time travel. There's two versions of Gandorf running around: past Ganon and current slash future Ganon. Same guy. Same guy. And. In the way of Ganondorf, one of them is going to eat or absorb the other. Interesting. Like a closed time loop of evil Ganon pouring his evil into the past. Uh-huh. Or the future. Or something. It's like Unclaimers Kingdom Hearts. Unclaimers want to win out. Sure, like Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. God. I don't know. I don't know what's happening in this stupid game. Xehanort but you know goes what? back to the past so he can make past Xehanort so he can eat past Xehanort. Yeah. Yeah. Like Tears of the Kingdom. Like Tears of the Kingdom. Cameron, you haven't given your guess. I, I, I've given my guess. There's going to be two Ganons running around, and we're going to have to kill both of them. <laughs> we're going to have to participate in the battle that originally sealed Ganon in the Earth, and then we're going to have to come back to kill him for real. This is also the demise thing. It is the demise thing, yes. that I've already put that out there. Um, we've, we've already made our positions on that particular idea clear in the last episode. We won't need to... Uh, We've all got different ideas, but also we all have no fucking idea. I think that's fair to say. Do we Do we feel it's fair to say we're just not sure what's going to be going on? Of course. Does Pig Ganon appear in this game? Pig Ganon? Does Ganon transform into a big old pig? No, but he'll have a pig mech. Okay. A pig. I mean, that's hard to argue with. I, or a pig I, dragon. I want to say that he does transform at one point, but I don't know what that transformation will look like. What about you, Crystal? Do you think we're going to get a pig Ganon? They have not shown any pig-based iconography, unfortunately. That's true. He's even shown having horns instead of tusks. Is though, I mean, Ocarina, Ocarina of Time Ganon did have horns. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The second official art of him, I really do think that the underskirt of his uh, cape pant thingy does look like the back of his design in Wind Waker. I don't see it, but uh, we're not here to argue it i guess we really have spent over four hours recording about this just under four minute trailer with 15 seconds of dead silence at the end Do you think this is the ganon who was sealed beneath the sea Ooh. you think uh the reason he's down there is because the koroks planted siege which sucked up all the water and then he was still down there deep underground that could be what happened i mean the master sword was in his head yeah <laughs> Came out. They they did a real quick switcheroo, take out the Master Sword real quick, put that hand on. <laughs> That's a real switcheroo. God. You know we're going to be playing this in three weeks? This game comes out in three weeks. Three weeks minus two days. Our rabbits probably won't have bonded by then. No, probably not. Though they'll have started meeting each other. God. Oh, this game... I... It is goofy to me how optimistic I was about the game coming out soon back in 2019. It's only four years of development. Yeah, I know. It's not an absurd amount of time to have spent on the game, especially with COVID complicating development and the ability to like commute. It's not it's not an unusual amount of time. It's just I I was so wide-eyed and naive about the realities of the development of this game. I guess I didn't think it would be this different. We thought the game was mostly done. Yeah, we. Th- I thought this game was going to be mostly the same as Breath of the Wild. It actually would have been a $70 DLC, in a sense. 
That's the thing is people, when people asked, when people wished for a quick turnaround, that's what they were asking for. That's true. They were. And they'd much rather have more of the same stuff much faster than getting this whole new, wildly different thing that happens to be a canonical sequel. Here's my prediction. This game's going to have way less story than we're thinking. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, so it's just Breath of the Wild again. Yeah. Way less story than we've been led to think. But they ha- they haven't like misled us with the trailers this time. It's just a bunch of gameplay footage with a few small cutscene things mixed in there. Mm-hmm. So do you think that it, its plot is just going to be less complex? Yeah. I think Yan's going to wake up. Who knows where he came from? It's not That's not the issue at hand. The issue is to kill him. Got to gather up the tears of the kingdom. Give him to your guys. Kill Gan and save Zelda. I guess they could do that. that. That would make sense. I don't know about the saving Zelda part, but, you know, maybe. Zelda will be they, saved, they I have, think. I will. This I, I feel confident in. Uh, Crystal, that one's not even a football. It doesn't count. It's the anti-football. That's you... Saying that you have to save Zelda is going over to Lucy and shoving her into the dirt and calling her name. Well, you're the one who doubted me. I mean, that's fair. Zelda will be safe. That's that's simply what the Legend of Zelda is about. Yeah, I guess so. But, you know, we can still hope for better, right? There's hope for it. Football. They made Age of Calamity. They did make Age of Calamity. And I would argue that in spite of the fact that essentially you like reunite her with the, her body spirit tracks isn't a game where you save zelda it's where you help her save herself that's why it's one of the best ones that's why it's one of the best ones that's why it is in bold on the um list of all the games ranked objectively by quality that's why um um when the nintendo's when they're talking about the games that matter you know the 3d canonical zelda games in those games zelda gets saved well, I was going to say that the 3D canonical Zelda games, Spirit Tracks is one of them. Uh, the 3D console canonical Zelda games, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword, Breath of the Wild. Those are the, those are the ones people talk about as being the, quote, real Zelda games. They don't know That's about true. Spirit Tracks. That's true, too. Majora is, you don't save Zelda in that one because she's not in it. That's true. You don't save Zelda in that one. It would be nice if you didn't save Zelda in this one. You just helped her do her own thing. That'd be nice. But, you know, the game will be what it's going to be. And we'll find out in a few weeks. Um, If we record again before we do our big episode, it'll probably be more Metroid stuff, I think. We have to finish. (laughs) (laughs) They released a demo right after we recorded that last episode. After we put it out, rather. Yeah. And it was like, okay, let's talk about this demo. And then next week we'll talk about Metroid. And then they released a trailer. And we spent two episodes on this trailer. And now, finally, let's get back to Metroid. Yeah, we should definitely finish Metroid Dread sometime soon. Uh, we left In the next three weeks? We Yes. We left off when uh, Samus had just drained the last living creature on the planet. That wasn't an X. That wasn't an X. The last uninfected creature on the planet, except for herself. And uh, yeah, we should we should definitely get back to that. If we record again outside of that, like even if we record while playing through Tears of the Kingdom, and I recognize that might be hard because when Monica and I in particular, I don't know if you're like this, Crystal, but once we get hard in on something, it's difficult for us to spend our free time doing anything else. Yes, I'm the same. So I don't know if we'll record again while we're playing through Tears of the Kingdom, 
But if we do, it'll probably be more Metroid. We might want to do the Metroid Prime episodes. We might finally want to give in and do the two other M episodes, even. <laughs> we don't know anything about this game yet, and if there's a sequence. So, you know... We're you going to have to figure out to... what order we talk about things in. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we should record about Tears of the Kingdom until we have all finished it. Oh, absolutely. Yes. 100%. Like, you, you are super right. We're not going to even be touching conversation about it like we'll talk about it in line and between ourselves but we're not going to record anything to send out to other people until probably weeks after the game has come out but yeah that is to say we have loose plans we'll record another metroid dread episode maybe in a couple of weeks maybe answer some emails i don't know yeah we could do a mailbag we could do a mailbag we we could stick it on to the end of the dread episode i guess depending on how long that goes there have been emails I know there have been emails. There's always emails. Well, not always, but there have been emails. All right, Cameron, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter, at CamWriter, and nowhere else. You can find me on Twitter, at ArcaneCrystal. You can find me at co-host, at Crystal. You can find me at Patreon, at ArcaneCrystal, where you can listen to this a week early. Um, You can find me on AudioEntropy.com, where this podcast is hosted where you can find all sorts of other great podcasts like Eidolon Playtest, an actual play podcast that our friends uh, Molly and Luke wrote about having an Eidolon, which is kind of like a persona or a stand. And we playtest it as a high school club of mystery-solving teenagers. We do love being high school clubs of mystery-solving teenagers. Would you like to hear a Zelda joke? Uh Uh-huh. Sure. This one I just made up. Where's it from? Oh, oh, oh. Came into my head because the weather's getting warm. Starting to get nice out there finally. What party did Zelda host on the first day of summer? What party? The Legend of Zelda, Beers of the Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like it'd be pretty good, honestly. <laughs> Underage drinking party. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, they're not alcoholic beers. No, 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 no. They're alcoholic beers. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I don't, if it's been a long enough time skip, maybe they're, uh, no, it's just a bunch of teenagers getting fucking wasted because that's what they it's do. It's medieval beers where they weren't that strong. They haven't figured out how to make them super strong yet. They called like low beers or something like that. Yeah. 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 That's what. Underage drinking party. That's why the Vikings are always drinking like 17 beers in the movies because the beers were not that strong in Viking times. Yeah, that stands to reason. Now, now Monica's looking up low beer. That's supposed to be the outro. We're supposed to be gone now. Okay, goodbye. All right, bye, everybody.